0: The following program may contain content not suitable for all audiences. Welcome to Metagamers Anonymous, a program dedicated to tabletop role-playing games and mostly related material in a presentation of Prismatic Tsunami. My name is Eric.
1: I'm Jason. I'm Rich. I'm Vanessa. God, I wish I had a third ball.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What
3: are we that's playing croquet? I mean, <laughs> this croquet game is going on quite a while. So I know it would help. <laughs> oh my God, i got to invite you back.
0: Um, <clears throat> Three
4: balls, you still get pitches.
0: <laughs> How's everybody doing today?
2: I'm fabulous. Uh, I, I bet you could tell. Yes, you are.
3: <laughs> I'll take some of what he's having.
2: Uh, You're a few levels of fabulous right now, sir.
3: We have so. a topic. I started watching uh, Sense8 again. Oh, why is that? God, I love. Well, I talked Vanessa into watching the first episode, and then I got through episode five.
0: Nice. Yeah. Uh, first episode makes no sense. You're right. Yeah. yeah.
3: And by <laughs> the end of
0: the first season, you're like,
3: why isn't there a role playing game like
0: this? The the first couple episodes, you have hard time making fo- sense. <laughs> you got to get a few episodes in.
2: It's and interesting. And then
0: once he does start to make sense. You sit there and go, holy shit, what on earth? Hang on, witch house keys. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah, I guess sense it would be a fantastic role-playing game. We talked about that before, I think. Yeah. would uh, be hard to do, and now we can't really get into it without spoiling it, so I guess we won't talk about it.
2: Yay, uh-huh. so screw
0: that. Next topic. <laughs> Next topic. Uh, Actually, today I want to talk about behavior modification. Uh, No. Bet you do. (laughs) (laughs) I am not stopping. Quit trying to make me. I want you all to look carefully into this light. Mm -hmm.
1: Ow, my eyes. Richard pulled this one already. He shot me. Poke your
0: eye out with
1: it. Uh, uh, There are four lights. No, (laughs) there are three lights.
0: So what I'd like to discuss a little bit, we're we're, we're going to talk character development a little bit. I think it is natural for people to kind of plan ahead. Some, you know, some people don't, I realize. I, I definitely know and have players who... They start playing the character and they just kind of roll with it, and see what happens. Uh, particularly if you're dealing with a level that uh, a certain amount of system mastery gives you a feel of, like, say, Dungeons and Dragons, where you have this leveled kind of measure. If you are the kind of person who looks ahead, I'm looking at you, Rich, and plans the next 17 levels of their development, so you know exactly what you're going to pick at every level and what it's going to do for them. And, you know. I've done that. Yeah. Or you may be the kind of person who just kind of organically you know, plays up by ear. The option to make decisions about your character's behaviors can be a powerful tool in the role-playing toolkit. And so I kind of wanted to discuss a little bit because I don't think it's a direction that most people tend to think. It is not abnormal to think in terms of planning ahead for your character, how you're going to build them, what I'm going to do with them as they get more uh, capable, what kind of... uh abilities they're going to have if you're going to you know, stretch outside the, the, the normal path. Like in D&D, you can multi-class, or in other games, you can take various types of abilities that don't seem like they would obviously fit together. You know, you're going to diversify rather than specializing or vice versa. I mean, a lot of that stuff probably feels natural when you're kind of working on character development because you it, it, the game kind of hands it to you. It's, it's the way the mechanic works, right? There are games that don't focus much on development, so I'm not really kind of talking about those. What I mean by that is that if there's if you're playing a game where what you get to build on the character is a very limited field, they are a fairly capable character at the start, and they don't ever become like wildly, you know, marginally. They just just marginal improvements that just give you little edges and things like that. There are some systems like that, but in any game where uh, with traditional RPGs, particularly, you have the ability to stack abilities on a character as they as they level or they grow or. They they gain experience or what have you, then you are probably already kind of used to thinking like that. But when it comes to behavior, which is, at its core, it's not necessarily personality. And you may, may, let me make sure I, I, I make that very clear. You can decide things about your character's personality, their motives, uh, the way they react to things, their ideals, uh, the things that make them a bad person or a flawed person. You know, you can make a lot of those decisions and then try to use those as tools for role playing. So like when you land in a situation where they're interacting or, or reacting to a situation or dealing with people, you can you know go back to that, that tool set, whether it's something that you literally look at on a page or you just kind of keep as a structure in your head, however you handle it then that's, that's great. But you also have the ability to decide over time that I want this character to undergo something. And, I mean, this could be something you decide. It could be something you decide with your game master. It could be something your game master puts to you and you take advantage of. It could be none of the above, you know, and there's no rules, obviously. But it's something that we look for when we talk when we talk about what we like in uh, TV shows and movies a lot of times, particularly TV shows where they have long, longer narrative forms, you know, to, to spread out over time and build character uh, or books that we read Gaming is no different. You are building a character, you are expressing them through play, and you are accompanying them through their growth. And growth is an opportunity that uh, to to build somebody through those experiences and through the uh, interpolation of what you want them to be or become. It is not uncommon, I think, for some players to look at this is the character I want to play, but I can't be that right now because it's going to take them a while to get there. Yeah, you know. Now, if you're talking about simple, like I want this character to be a badass, so he's got to be level ten before he's going to be the kind of badass I want him to be. I know I've got to start at first level. It's kind of all, like I said, laid out system systemically. But if you're talking about, I want this character to be, I want him to have a certain type of, you know, worldly wisdom. I want him to be somebody who has processed some, you know, personal issues or, you know, dealt with this thing from his backstory and come out the other side of it in this way. Then that's the same kind of process. But the only way to build it is through the arc of discovery in play. And you have the option as a player, uh, interestingly enough, to decide those outcomes. You don't ever have to be a slave to anybody else's idea of what that should be. You don't ever have to be purely reactive. And, you, you know, you don't ever have to take the the obvious route either. You know, a lot of, you know, you hear that a lot when you talk to people that say uh, that character, but they're talking about somebody, the way they played the character, or they're talking about even something in a, a scripted thing, like I was discussing, a narration of some sort, uh, when you hear somebody say, well, after somebody goes through that, you would expect them to be like this. You know, there's a rule. The psychology of, of people, and I, I'm trying to be general because, you know, I, I was going to say human psychology, and of course a lot of characters aren't even human, depending on what you're doing, but the psychology is that you could react differently to a lot of stimuli than other people would. Now, if you as a person want to explore some other direction, you can always find ways to utilize those events. But have you ever started by taking a character who, who hasn't yet grown into something that you would like to explore and figuring out how you want to get them there? Or finding ways to take advantage of the story to help get them there? And I ask because I've seen in this group even some fairly complicated characters. Uh, right. You know, I mean, and I, I don't think that's an accident. I think that even, even if you're not Even if you're not looking for, you know, grim, dark play, or you're not looking for serious personal depth and pain and shit like that you still have the opportunity to explore the character's growth through what they go through in the game. And a lot of that's going to be reactionary. I mean, that makes sense. You know, it, if things happen, you respond. A lot of times when things happen, you, it gives you, like, clues about how to respond. Mm-hmm. When people um, suffer, when people die, when people, you know, the, the, people, the world around you changes in some fashion, you often have to figure out how to respond to it. In fact, one of the things I've noticed frustrates the role players more is if they can't figure out how to respond. Right, you know something's happening, and they're sitting here going, "I should, f- I should be able to do this thing, and it isn't fucking working for me, or I, I can't figure out how to deal." And I mean, that's part of role playing, right? I mean, that's that's part of what we're doing is discovering that, right? You know, and one of the one of the tough things about that is deciding whether or not you can get an honest response to your character through your own experiences. So, can you put yourself in their position and try to extrapolate? Here's the thing I I think I always try to remind people is there's no wrong answer.
1: There's there's no right answer. The experience is yours. But there will be answers that feel intuitively right or wrong to the person. Sure. And sometimes that can create the kind of feedback where they don't like the direction their character is going, but they don't see how to break out of it.
3: Yeah. I've, I've done things where I've later on gone, hey, wait a minute. I know at the table I went this one direction my character really, in the long run, would have went the other way, and I don't know what I was thinking that day.
0: And sometimes it probably can be something as simple as that. That one session or something where you just went a different way and weren't thinking about it, or, or had your your, I, your head with someone I else. should not have
3: tiramisu right before a session. <laughs> <laughs> the sugar to be fair, I shouldn't have
0: tiramisu at out. all. <laughs> I will
1: not be thinking right. But now you know, and knowing is half the battle.
0: Gee, Anyway...
1: No, that's that's a really
0: valid point. And I, I think one that a lot of uh, a lot of role players struggle with. I've gotten myself here somehow, and it wasn't what I was really wanting. I've you know. done
4: this thing. How can I
3: retro it now? Can, can I retro
0: it now? I killed the king, and I can't get the blood off my hands. Oh,
3: that's a Lady Macbeth part, thing. Part Sorry. of my
2: thing is, is I've played with a couple of really bad GMs that once you make a decision, you can't take it back, or they won't let you make the decision that you think your character would make. It was, no, you're going to go this way. So now it's hard for me to like get into character that descriptions because I know bad things. Me. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. now <that's, laughs> that can break my relationship yeah. with a character pretty quickly. That's valid.
2: There's a reason uh, why I don't play those games anymore. Yeah, game master. <laughs> as
0: a game master, I try never to. It is one of my one of my rules, one of my stipulations, is unless there is some really important reason, which I would then make clear because of the situation, I try never to tell a person what they think
2: mm-hmm. or
0: how they feel.
2: Exactly. You take away their agency and then it's completely destroyed.
0: Because when you pick up the stack of papers and throw it over your
3: shoulders, it's not a commentary that the characters did something wrong. It's a commentary that you planned wrong. (laughs) I don't know about wrong. (laughs) I planned differently. Okay, fine. You're planning Divergent.
0: You know, and if it was wrong, I would have not ended up throwing those papers over my shoulder. I would have forced them to go whatever the fuck I decided to go in. Instead, that wasn't the direction it went because the player characters had different ideas. Yeah. <gasps> it happens to the best of us. The pain. It did. No, um, yeah. I I feel like if you if you dwell on that though, it is it's only problematic. Yeah. And there's never it's never really too late for anybody, any real person, for example, to have a change of heart, to have some to undergo some experience or even just some thought process, some realization.
1: You know, at some point, I'd use that as a chance to get onto the topic of what makes you think real people are real in the first place, but that's completely outside the scope of this podcast. Define normal, define real.
0: <laughs> oh, it's that thing you use on the rod to pull the fish up. Thank you for listening to episode number 266. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We're here to talk about behavioral modification, not deep philosophy, philosophical. Are you relations. trying
3: to change what we were doing? Kid, this? you
1: stopped looking at the fucking light, didn't you? There's no light.
2: Oh, man. You're saying these are a different topics.
3: Light. No, there is a light. It's over at the Frankenstein place.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, for pity's sake.
0: I pity something.
2: <laughs> True that. The
0: fool? Who doesn't
4: phone home, quoth Mr. E.T.
2: Oh, good Lord.
1: <laughs> that was good. I like it. Does so mean I have to keep it? No. Okay, I'm just checking. No one can force You'll you to do anything without your
4: consent. He's the editor, and I don't listen to the show.
0: So. <laughs> Why was that episode only nineteen minutes long? I don't understand. The kid well, happened.
2: We're a free cast and worth every penny.
0: <laughs> 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 waka Whoa. waka.
4: Because there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a lot of love in this convention. Room. <laughs> there's a convention coming. We had to put something out. So. That's not how this
3: works. That's not how this works. This is actually a fun topic. I I hate to tell you this, Jason, but the podcast came first. Chicken, egg, who cares? It all's delicious when you put it together.
2: I've done that, and it upsets people. What, mixed
1: chicken and eggs?
2: Yeah. Cut up chicken, scramble eggs in with it. It upsets every single person I've ever made that for. They're just like, you're scrambling mother and son. And I'm just like, I don't care. It's delicious. Well, they they probably
1: weren't related. Mm. One of them wasn't even fertilized. Come on, people.
0: (laughs) I was
3: going to say, then they're not coming over for chicken and chicken, chicken egg burrito night.
4: There is an Asian restaurant in. Many. uh, (laughs) It's it's in Minneapolis. Go. Oh, here we go. You were half right. Not Minneapolis, uh, Milwaukee. Excuse me. It's in uh, Milwaukee. York, oh, Milwaukee. And there is a chicken and egg dish and it is titled on the menu Mother and Child Reunion.
2: Wow. That is awesome. I love that name for all the wrong reasons.
4: <laughs> right?
2: Wow. Is
4: it Paul Simon's restaurant? I'm just curious. <laughs> I don't know. I just my, my brother sent me a picture of the menu. I was oh, curious how Of you course, knew that, but
1: that explains it. Okay,
0: uh, moving on.
1: <coughs> it's far too late. <laughs> Not sure. The damage has already been done. Can, can recover you recover from this? Oh, no, I don't think so.
3: <laughs> hey, I just want to point out last week was my 52nd birthday, and my first birthday wish I got for the day was from one of my favorite friends. Oh, how cool. Yeah, I was excited. Yeah. That was awesome. Because Amma gets up I much mean, earlier I'm than the rest of us, earlier than everybody else, yes. <laughs> but I thought that was awesome.
1: And you know, since that's... I didn't have the chance before, right this instant, happy belated birthday, Richard. Oh, thank you.
4: That does he you get up earlier last than us, one. or does he get up at the same time as us earlier? We're not
3: We're not going these I th- thought we not we're, we're, sure not were not doing this. We're not stoned philosophy. enough for this yeah. man. <laughs> Evidently, you need to employ some behavioral modification. I did not take enough edibles for that.
4: <laughs> All right, so
3: uh, getting so, back onto uh,
4: behavioral, the, uh, at uh, least things. topic adjacent. <laughs> I've had two major characters in my life, two really major characters. Is there, that it? Really, two mm-hmm. super major ones. Super major. There, there, there. There have been others that were kind of, but Brother Sunshine and Brick.
0: What about yourself? you're talking about your Don't two longest running campaign longest characters. running campaign characters sure. that
4: have been impactful and had real memorable growth. and had growth yeah. and had real growth and I remember both of them took tales for the darker by, as times went on <laughs> Brother Sunshine went from 100% perky to being Brother Storm's cloud for a while after he, after the betrayal and that lasted a good 5 to 6 weeks before I got tired of playing it and I was like I have to figure out how to get out of this funk because I want to go back to playing Brother Sunshine again because that was fun and legit. and I didn't like playing Brother Morose. You know, I wanted to play Brother Sunshine. And so we had to figure out psychologically how to get him back in that place. How does
0: he recover from this? Yeah. it's an interesting one because I don't specifically remember, I mean, you were reacting, character reacting to what he was experiencing, mm-hmm. but I don't specifically remember building a story to get you back there. But there was a lot in that game that was going on in between everything else. The characters had kind of a hometown that they were part of the community and they did things and they did things together and separately and with people in the community and
4: you didn't make a whole storyline, but you did do one thing that kind of uh, helped, and you told me you were going to do it. You didn't tell me what it was, and it was the mass wedding.
0: Right, where um, you had to take a drink for every... Part Part, part of the right. ritual
4: was drinking. A, you offered the couple a cup, and they took a sip, and they took a sip, and then the priest has to finish the wine, because otherwise it's...
0: Very Catholic, yeah.
4: Sacrament oh, wow. gone to waste. <laughs> and... Uh, there was a hundred weddings.
0: It was it was a fun uh, night. Brother <laughs> <And> Sunshine, <laughs> Do you have
4: to make a Constitution save <laughs> every wedding <laughs> <laughs> because that's what the. Mother, he, brother, mother would what? Didn't he wake up in
0: Jasmine's bed? And after he that? woke up in Jasmine's bed. Jonica's character, What's Jasmine, which she there? just did
4: to him to fuck with him. And there no, there was no hanky panky going on at all. <laughs> but However, he couldn't remember <laughs> because he couldn't remember. He only assumed that something had happened, which changed his view towards Jasmine dr- dramatically mm-hmm. throughout the rest of time because he felt that there was some intimacy there that there wasn't. <laughs>
0: Did he ever find out otherwise? No. no yeah.
4: he, to to this day, he believes that something happened with Jasmine, but he understood and he 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 let go of any hope of a possible thing because she was going to marry the king and la da 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 da
0: and have his child and have
4: his child. And so I, he even wrote her a letter, like you know don't hold on to me, you know. We, we oh, our, our paths are divergent, and I understand, and it will never change the specialness of our relationship. I have the but image oh, of her
3: reading that letter and laughing her oh, ass off. Oh, yeah.
4: I have the visual in my head of her reading that letter and laughing her ass off because I wrote the letter and gave it to her at the table.
0: And she oh, did.
3: That just sounded so right from what I've heard about Jasmine. It was such a
4: good moment. But yeah that was that that moment was kind of the turning point of oh things are looking up and you're doing your thing and you've got these hundred married couples and happiness reigns and
0: I could be happy again for a while and it was fun. It's funny you say that. I'd, I'd kind of indicated to you ahead of time that there was going to be a thing. And I don't know that I had planned what the thing was in broad terms, but that was one of those campaigns where I took advantage of a couple of opportunities to do kind of wide scale upbeat stuff in addition to the wide scale downbeat <laughs> shit that kept happening. You know, So the, the that doesn't surprise me. It, it provided a, you a, a fantastic opportunity to turn the character's mood around based on uh, his participating in such a happy uh, event. For so many people, which is a really interesting uh, choice. But you, again, it was an opportunity you were looking for, right? Exactly. So I didn't have to spell anything out. I didn't. Uh, I, w- I probably wouldn't even have known if that's the thing you would have glommed onto. You know, it just happens to work. If you find an opportunity to build a character or direction you like to build, God damn it, take it. You know, any 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 excuse to create growth. Absolutely, and of course, any excuse to make your character more fun to play. Exactly, because whatever that by
4: and you. large whatever the, because if playing a tortured heartbroken character makes you happy, <laughs> Jonica,
0: Jonica, <laughs> I
4: know you're listening in the background while he's editing, Jonica. Possibly, you'll hear your name and you'll stop and you go, "Why are they talking about me?" Possibly, Jonica.
0: I'll make sure I do this one without the cans. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so here for the next room play a video game start yelling at me and asking what the hell that's going on and I'll just ignore her like I've got my headphones on <laughs> her,
1: her hearing is insane it's almost supernatural I bet she can hear us now
0: her ears are ringing yeah
1: she, she's like an hour away she, 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 <laughs> she,
4: she, she, she's in another city and going why are they talking about me I can't tell what they're talking about but I know they're talking about
0: me but she is somebody who enjoys or has enjoyed many times in the past playing characters who were tormented.
4: Tormented, by broken, their own decisions. trashed, yeah. some, some level of torture to her characters makes her happy. And that's great. And if that's what you're into, do it. And if you want to play happy-go-lucky characters, do it. And if you want to turn the Lord of the Rings sessions into the Monty Python sessions, do it because it's a game and it should be fun. And I think we forget that
1: way too often. The problem, though, is when one person in the group wants to be happy-go-lucky and one person in the group wants to be the tortured character. And one or the other of those makes it impossible for the other person to feel like they're actually getting to play their character the way they want to play
2: it. (laughs) it. It is a joint experience that everyone needs to agree on. Yeah and that's that,
4: that that is part of the social contract you make when you're setting up a I party I guess
2: that's
3: true I mean if you have a whole party riding on horses and you have one character with coconuts the whole party is going to get slowed down because the one character is not on a horse. Or the
4: character with coconuts is going to get left behind.
0: Either way, is either one of those re, uh, realities is not what you ostensibly want as a group going in.
4: Right. And if you realize that on the very first session that you've got five characters on horses and one with coconuts... And
0: there's no rule. You can enjoy different types of characters in different games or with different groups, obviously, Absolutely. and take advantage of those opportunities.
4: And if you have an opportunity to play a dark, tortured character, and that's what interests you at the moment, but then you also get an opportunity to play in a happy-go-lucky game with coconuts.
0: If one of those is on Monday, the other one's on Tuesday. <laughs> As an example, just oh, wildly pulled out of my ass. Can I have a giant <laughs> leopard mount? He's in Tuesday, for example. Uh <laughs>
2: you do not need a leopard mouse but
4: again the big the big thing that i i, I think i f- i feel that on this topic i have to stress again is that it's a game and it should be fun and your behavioral modifications to your character and all of the things that you do to align with that should enhance the fun you know, I can
1: only remember, and I'm trying, I can only remember one character that I actually ever viewed specifically through the behavioral lens uh, in terms of their interaction with the party. Because there was a problem with the way I was playing my character, the way he was acting, and that was the shield of Shargal the Righteous. Okay. But i it's long enough ago that I cannot vividly recall.
2: You played a shield?
1: <laughs> no, I played a paladin named the Shield of Shargalor the Righteous
2: Okay, that makes more sense I Paladins was really like confused <laughs> Oh, trust
0: me, he, it was just as confusing to the party Particularly since when he leveled up He became the armor
1: of Shargalor the Righteous And by then, everybody had been calling him Shield for short All it right then. A, it was a religious sect that sacrificed their name As a symbol of their devotion to their deity And instead took on the name of one of the saints of the faith As uh, their idol that they oh, were trying to nice. emulate. And they would start by being, you know, some tool. And then as they became, you know, reached certain thresholds in the faith, they earned the right to upgrade their name. And the goal was to eventually become a saint themselves worthy of the name that they were emulating. So, Oh,
2: huh. that's interesting. But I, I often like
1: create characters that start as tools. <laughs> And in this tool. That's a really kind of interesting point. (laughs) But he was a very devout paladin. And if anyone is familiar with very devout paladins, they can have a pretty precocious impact on the other players in the group if they do not see eye to eye about the way to handle things. Yeah, my Saturday
2: game, the paladin Mm -hmm. had to walk away into the distance.
1: Well, instead of (laughs) taking that route, because I really wanted the chance to develop this character and get his name up there, I was like, okay, so I need to change the way he's behaving so that he doesn't sacrifice Sorry. his morals or ethics, but also doesn't interfere with the other players' ability to enjoy the game because that's what it had come down to. Other players were not having fun at the table because of the way my paladin was reacting to the things that were going on. The jockstrap of that was that was the running joke. I believe it was actually the nut cup of Charcoal. <laughs> no, because <runches. laughs> it was how armor. He, how he came. <laughs> <to be nervous. laughs>
2: <laughs> wow.
1: Posthumously because the character died. Yeah, 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 he, he was did. referred to as the Nutcup. We're still world. compatible. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, it's funny, too, because I remember the particular campaign you're talking about. Um, it was a pretty formative campaign for our group at the time. And this was probably about 20 years ago, 25 years ago, maybe. Dad's
1: pushing in that area somewhere.
0: And uh, we really did uh, focus on trying to discover and explore characterization. Uh, but this particular game was, I think, the first time we had, as a, as a group, it seems like, We had discovered how much agency players could grab for themselves. And kind of push that forward,
1: the envelope, as it were. Yeah,
0: I often reference it as a campaign where the party took sixteen levels to go from first level, or sixteen months, excuse me, to go from first level to fourth level, and they were so slow progressing through the plot
1: that they couldn't keep track of it. Yeah, in times we forgot there was a plot
0: when you literally are like, okay, I need to go from Village A to Village B uh, in order for this next story point.
1: And in a normal game, it would be like, okay, three days later, you arrive at at Village B. In this game, it was okay for breakfast.
0: <laughs> right. I would try to say, okay, well, it takes you a couple days to get there. And somebody would say, that first hour when we're on the road, I want to talk to.
1: And it would go from there. Because once one person or two people started role-playing, everyone would start responding. And now we're role-playing the entire day of travel on the road. After three sessions, we made it to freaking noon. It, it is sad when you watch a trilogy that could have been a single movie if they just stopped <laughs> with the character <laughs> development at some point in the middle. You know, and here's the thing: you're not talking about anything specific, of course. As as a gaming experience,
0: as a gaming experience, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Everybody was looking. Everybody was enjoying it, except me as a game master. Everybody was enjoying (laughs) it. And there was no reason for me not to go ahead and empower them to explore characterization at that level, as long as everybody was having a good time. The reason it became a problem that eventually the campaign died because of is that the story was falling apart as a consequence. You know, so you had to figure out a way to find some sort of create some sort of balancing act. You know, and and create opportunities role playing. This happened um, Tuesday night at the tail end of our game session. Nero suddenly decides she wanted to her character wanted to have a conversation with Ken while they were on. W- Watch. You Guys, remember that mm-hmm. you guys were there. Yeah, which I think everybody in this room was except for Jason. Yes, yeah. you
1: were. You were there. I was there. It's Tuesday
0: yes. night. This you were Tuesday there. Weekend.
1: You may not have been paying attention.
0: Uh, it, what it, What happened was you guys went through your normal like adventury day kind of stuff going on, and then you guys sat
2: around the campfire. Yeah,
0: uh, set a watch right. or something, and then at I some point, it, and what it, it's it's actually a kind of a fallout from something that is going on with her character that she and I have discussed that started with the ghost c- encounter. Her from a few she sessions a, back.
1: Experience. Yes.
0: You know, and uh, she decided to find an opportunity to have a conversation with another PC privately. Now, Nira knows that the fun in this is doing it right there at the table in front of everybody because that's where story happens, not necessarily just with you and one other the you're having some private conversation with. But it's also just pure role playing, right? It's just conversation it's just a discussion about something Mm -hmm. uh and if you wanted to make it work you have to figure out this can't go on for 20 minutes because it's just a quick discussion you know uh, you could even assume that it went on longer but you would need to be be able to hit kind of your high points and you know inject personality and make decisions if possible
2: eventually the camera does pan though
0: Yes, it has absolutely. To. And that's actually kind of the point is uh, when we look at the narrative as a living, breathing thing, we have to make sure it keeps on living and breathing, not dies on the vine while waiting for somebody to run out of oxygen. Yeah. You
4: know, it's, um, and some people have bigger tanks than others. True.
0: And, and here's a situation where, I mean, this was kind of a, not a forced thing, but a thing that she and I figured out between us, which... Is always a really great opportunity as well for me to work with a player on some something their character is going through and help promote or provide opportunities for them to explore it and uh, and certainly not put the kibosh on it or assume anything and uh, that's that's always a thing that I, I think game masters have to keep in mind too as you're never in a position to assume that you understand what the players are thinking about their characters yeah you always have to not only give them the license to make that distinction but never provide That assumption in the framework of the story, either to where uh, I've seen I've seen this sort of thing happen. I I may have even done it a time or two, but I try to be very careful about it. Where you make you provide um, an opportunity or a a hook of some sort that's really important to the story that you just know this character is going to take advantage of, or you know, it's it's all about that, right? And then. They don't because that player is looking at it completely differently than you are. You know, their character doesn't have any interest in that thing, you know, that that MacGuffin. And so it just kind of slides by and nothing happens. Or worse, they go a completely different direction that has nothing to do with what you were, you know, planning at the time.
2: I am lucky in that any time a GM has tried to offer me that opportunity, they've talked to me about it. And it's been like, oh, yeah, totally. Let's do it. (laughs) Right.
0: And, And that's especially important when you're doing things that don't feel like... The obvious right decision in a lot of cases. Let's say as a game master, I've done this, where I have offered individual player characters an opportunity to betray, maybe a strong word, um, do something that is not in the best interest of the group for some personal gain.
2: Not completely intuitive. (laughs) Right.
0: Right there are a lot of a lot of situations a lot of groups a lot of players who will innately respond to this with the assumption that that people they would never do that kind of thing because it's counterintuitive to the the feel or the spirit of the game for example without even checking into whether it's something their character would do but as a game master assuming i know what their character would do is Problematic, Obviously, to say the least. Sometimes you find players who will glom into that and go like whole hog. And suddenly you turn somebody into somebody that is working against everybody all the time.
1: Justin. Oh, sorry. Different Justin. My apologies. Yeah. Different Justin.
2: See, I can't say too much because in the Saturday game that I'm in, the character that I play is a rogue. And they've stolen stuff from the party before for (laughs) a personal game.
0: Judging by the way you described that particular game, though, I don't feel that that's something that your group would feel is unexpected.
2: The character that I stole from died, so it hasn't been relevant to any of the other characters. Fair point. But there's also
1: that. You know, there's a difference between, you know, in, in scope, between a character who will steal something from another member of the party, even something important for their own benefit. And a character who will compromise the entire group's ethical position on a subject for their own personal gain—you know—is uh, yeah. honestly the more fun of the two. But like, do
0: things like uh, divert them from the goal from the goal that they know would get them to the goal that they think they're after, in order for some alternate purpose, or share information with an enemy that could compromise the group's ability to succeed, or you know, etc., yeah. etc. Um, you know, the good stuff. Informants—that's uh, th- always one of the ones I like. Is you find a PC who is just really primed to be an informant because they just there's there's only so much harm in it, right?
2: Right, <laughs>
0: or it's no. even
1: relatively
2: harmless. Could, could it not, possibly kill me?
0: I'm not asking you to do anything. I just want you to tell me a little bit about what your thing is over here, and I'll give you money for it, and you you and I can pretend we never had this conversation. You know, it's you. Know, if you find morally okay. flexible PCs that you. Know, but again, uh, and, and I try never to assume that based on the player, obviously. Again, some players will innately decide that no character they play is ever going to do that because either they don't want to create that kind of drama or they don't feel that it's appropriate for people in a game to create those types of problems for their party.
2: Not creating drama in the game is half the fun.
0: But your group has to be... Yeah. I, I mean it doesn't have to be something that, I I don't feel like it's something you it discuss. it doesn't have to be part no. of your social contract um ostensibly.
2: Yeah. But
0: it needs to be a group that can handle that for it to be yeah. fun, right? It has to be something mm-hmm. that if it's the kind of thing if it's it's the not kind going to of work group work for
2: every group, yeah.
0: It was the kind of group where you can tell people about it when it's done and everybody has a great laugh because of how awesome that story was, you know you picked right.
2: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: It was the kind of people that suddenly become offended that you ever did this thing and like I would never do that, and blah blah blah. You obviously picked wrong.
1: Yeah. Wasn't wasn't there a group not when we played in but I think it was one you were adjacent to and that's you're the person I heard the story from. Uh, that literally split up permanently like there were two players who would never play with each other again after an event like what you're describing had taken place I don't remember that but I can certainly imagine it happening it was I, I only vaguely remember talking about it but and it might not have been you it might have been someone else I had that conversation people can take their uh, gameplay very seriously the game like, experience it, very seriously. It literally broke up a real world friendship that was years old and everyone believed strong enough to weather something like that and it turned out it wasn't huh
0: but sometimes rule number one,
1: I am not my character.
0: Yeah, but sometimes you also have to know, like, not just where you're going with it and how it's gonna how it's gonna mix with the group, but where you where, whether or not it's going somewhere that you want to explore. Because some players are the kind of people, and this is just kind of a general, I guess some of this is just kind of general warnings for game masters who might be thinking about this stuff, or players for that (laughs) matter. Some players are the kind of people who will grab at the opportunity to do something devious just for the sake of doing something devious, because that sparks them and their personality as something fun, without ever thinking about the potential consequences. You know, and what I mean by that is without thinking that if they violate the trust of other people in some fashion, because your group's not going to be ready for that or your players aren't going to be the kind of people that deal with it well, that you can create lasting damage. But more importantly, what is the goal here? If I'm going to be somebody who demonstrates to be flor- morally flexible enough to betray my party at some level, is the simple pulling something off the goal? Because if that is your goal as a player, fucking give it up. That's not why we're here.
2: At that point, the other player characters could just kill your character. <laughs> and the best kinds of players
0: that I've seen that that managed to pull that sort of, sort of thing off are the ones who, when the character gets taken down for what they did approve a hundred percent yeah my guy was an ass and should never have fucking done that to you guys and he deserved every single thing he got and no. the rest yep. of
3: them are george it was my evil twin oh. <laughs> right <laughs>
0: But you know what I mean, and what about? Hey, I
3: resemble that remark.
0: And what what about that again? That kind of behavioral goal setting. If I'm going to do this, do is it with the goal of of eventually being caught? Is it the goal of being outed, or you know, is it the goal of being the kind of person who's never actually trustworthy? Is that what I want to do, or is it the goal of, of becoming a better person down the line by having this go wrong for me in some fashion?
4: Well, as a person that played an evil twin.
2: <laughs>
4: my goal was to get caught, eventually. Mm-hmm. But you weren't playing your character at the time. You were playing right. was, NPC it, it, to I play. was playing the evil twin of my good character. So
1: your character's goal was not
4: to get caught. Right. The character's goal was not to get caught. The player's goal was to get my character caught. He was
3: playing
0: a character
3: pretending to be his Kind of the opposite character. of
0: everything we just said, right? You weren't really out to pull the wool over the already party's eyes. You were instructed to... I was the one pulling the wool over their eyes... You were playing the part and trying to figure out ways to give them clues. I did love that three things that you did differently. I also love
3: the fact that in retrospect from everybody I heard was we noticed he was playing the character differently and we wondered why there was a character shift.
0: Right. You figure, oh, that's just Jason going through something or just yeah. not it's really like, into huh, it. I this wonder what's up or, with Brick.
3: Huh? It, well, it must you know Brick.
0: be Jason. But it there, must be Jason doing something. There's something to that, though, too, because people are like that. Sometimes people will behave in a way that seems contradictory or contrary to your expectations just because there's something going on in their head that isn't something you know about or something right. you do know about and you wouldn't react to it that way. And you find out later and you're like, how did I miss the sign? Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? That goes to a dark place, doesn't it? I'm but, trying not to go too dark with that, but yeah. But, but, yeah, uh, but the point that. is... In a game, you have the power to make some of those determinations and utilize opportunities to grow from it.
2: And um, you
1: must never use that power for evil.
0: I don't know who you're talking to, bud, but I run a lot of who games. Is? You channeling?
2: I was supposed to say I. And kid, I've
0: never seen you not use that power for evil. So I think that's the <laughs> that's how exclusive I'm speaking from place experience. to
4: use that power is for evil. In the case of a game, no, you're you're right though.
0: Yeah, in, in terms of at least and the enjoyment of the of the
1: game. Yeah, experience. I was speaking on a meta level by yeah. using that power for evil. I meant use it for your power fantasy at the expense of everyone at the table. Yes,
2: and I've seen people do that before too. Yes, and it does end up going badly.
0: Yes. Been a Very while since I've been in one of those groups, and that's the point, right? Is we're trying to make better gaming, make better gaming for ourselves and for others, create uh, opportunities for ourselves to explore more of what we can and, and what, what what our options are, what our opportunities are, and share that information with the world so that other gamers out there can uh, take those ideas and maybe do something with them that's useful to them.
2: Have awesome games, people.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is something that should be shared with the world. Just like
1: Shop. Wow. Oh, I wanted to like, make sure you knew, Richard, that uh, Alicia had your back. <laughs> I did. She told me. Okay. I saw her at the zoo yesterday. <laughs> I don't even know
4: what
3: you're talking about. I don't
2: know either.
4: She made sure to get an Shop reference into the last
3: episode. Or did you cut um, it out, you no, evil? No, it's there. It's there. You evil ma- dungeon
0: master, you. And because
4: I... we all love Assamtees.shop. Shop. <laughs>
0: And Alicia, if you're listening, thank you so much. And um, what about those games you said you were going to list? I don't see them on my schedule yet, lady. Just saying. Saddamukong coming up uh, next weekend from when we are recording this. Um, this coming weekend. Speaking so, of awesome games. Yeah. We've, uh, and we've, behavioral modifications. We've got a nice selection. <laughs> yeah.
3: You must play online with us.
0: We have a nice selection of gaming opportunities on the schedule for you. I definitely encourage Omicron, you to check it out. Omicron, sign up Omicron. for stuff. It's uh, it's tsunamicon.org. Follow the links. It'll take you everywhere. Ticket. Badge for the whole weekend is only like 10 bucks. Badge is only 10 Thank you, Jason. I appreciate you helping.
2: Awesome. ASMR whispers.
0: <laughs> uh, they
2: they subliminal me messaging.
3: Ah. I, it not, doesn't work that not way. Not subliminal enough. <laughs> this is not 1960. Get out oh my. of my ear! You're it making this hard to edit. I am not
0: comfortable. <laughs> black is the new pink. Um, yeah, I feel like if you, <laughs> the
3: I'm trying hard. to picture Ellen black. It's not working. It I doesn't cannot, work. She's pink. I would just, I imagine her going to a funeral wearing a pink
1: outfit. Because it'd be a
2: little could, darker pink. She'd but have it would a still be pink. pink. She have a little black band. Yes. Yeah, it'd be darker pink, but it would still be pink. I
1: do love that. So Tsunami Con, this weekend, there'll be all kinds of wonderful games there. You'll be able to play with people like uh, our wonderful cast here, possibly even including me. There's or you could be- optionally play without us in other games. That's fine. <laughs> you have a choice. I was going to say, there's going to be plenty of games we're not in, <laughs> just in case that's what you're looking for. <laughs>
0: We're specifically looking for games that include no cast members. I was surprised. If you were you surprised? We should have a category for that. Wow. So yeah, uh, if if you'd like to um, like to join us for that, we'd appreciate it. I we don't need to do a long show today. I just kind of want to make sure and take a, the opportunity to visit with everybody and uh, kind of discuss a topic that had been wandering around in my head a little bit and. If you have any experiences with this or, or similar events or anything else you want to talk about, of course, we'd love to hear about it, as always. Feedback at prismatictsunami.com is the best way to do that. Uh, feedback at prismatictsunami.com. If you drop me a
1: line, I will be sure to read it on the air. I am particularly fond of stories about paladins where the party had to pull the stick out of their ass. I love those. If you've got those kinds of stories, pass them up.
0: Assuming they
1: have... My, what you know, interesting any, architecture.
3: <laughs> any, or <laughs> let me know how your aunt is doing because I
0: care. And he does.
1: Richard is a very caring man.
0: We also have a Discord server. You'll find the link on the on the website, and uh, we invite you to stop in there, join our Discord, and we'll be using Discord for our uh, Salamicon you know venue as well. So if you're familiar with the platform, it'll be really easy to participate. If you're not, it is really easy to learn. Not a not a big learning curve there. Uh, I think you'll you'll find everything works out pretty well. But we hope you'll join us. Uh, that's it. That's all I got. Anybody else Game want to add anything? Game with us. Anybody else got anything? I'm I'm running. I'm running like four games. This weekend. I got uh, two. Yeah, you got a couple. Rich is running a couple. Sunday, Saturday, Friday. Uh, Not necessarily in that order. The other bozos over here who are paying no attention to having their own podcast on this side of the room uh, aren't running anything. I don't run anything. I have five out of five
3: slots available on my Sunday. There's a reason I'm not on the DM shows. Is your Saturday game full? My Saturday game had one slot last I looked. My Sunday game didn't have any signed up. I might be a little late to that one anyway because uh, I'm going to the tea thing. It's after and the tea party, I want to. I, yeah, I want to drink tea and listen to Jonica talk about the world because it's I love kind of Jonica.
0: It's kind of cool how people really enjoy. I mean, it's, it's mostly the same core people and stuff, of course. Now, that especially doing this online, but. How much people enjoy just hanging out and having tea, and I mean, she obviously has great product to share with everybody. And we talked about. Talk about. I was in a GM conclave last night. Fantastic. We
1: talked about tea, because apparently tea I and gaming tees. go hand in hand. They do, now. I mean, that's a thing. And if they would just provide a tea that had rum in it, I would be all on board. You, but you can add have rum. To tea, add just your say rum. You I have to add have the rum. rum yourself. I can't get rum. I don't have access to rum. Someone would have to provide the rum for me.
3: I can pick some up on the way over to your <laughs> house this 100% evening.
1: 100% facetious. I don't drink alcohol. My wife is also is
0: diabetic, and his wife doesn't drink either. So. You know, I bet
3: you if I look hard enough, there's probably some alcohol-free rum out there. Lord knows why. There's but rum it's probably extract. out
1: there. I've there's... had I've had rum extract added to drinks, and I love it. It, it would have to be oh, nice. good
2: yeah. in mints too. Oh. I
0: know.
1: Oh. Okay. Mm. Okay. Butter,
0: rum, lifesavers. All right. We better we better shut down. Uh. <laughs> <Arr>. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Thank you for listening to episode number 266 of Metagamers. And I'm just getting on out of here for tonight. Everybody have a fantastic week. We'll see you at Tsunami Kong this coming weekend. My name is Eric. I'm Jason.
1: I'm Rich. I'm Vanessa. And I'm the kid. Good to meet you, sir. Jake,
2: did you find your third goal? Bye. No. <laughs> <laughs>